you will, turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Um, what I'm talking about the, these next couple weeks, or these past couple weeks, is revival. And um, I think uh, I'll pick up again on this theme after um, Easter, because next Sunday is Palm Sunday, and, and the following Sunday is Easter Sunday. Um, but I think that the steps to revival are, are important, and, and we need to look at them. Last time we talked about overcoming uh, complacency, and uh, this, one, this week we talk about overcoming um, lukewarmness. And the Bible defines uh, what, what lukewarmness is um, here in, in Revelation chapter 3. But let's look at this. Beginning at verse 15, it says this of Revelation chapter 3. <clears throat> I know your works. You are neither hot, uh, you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would bless us today. Help us to understand your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We, t we, we live in a world today that um, measures success in life and, and, and happiness in life with uh, wealth and health. And, and I, it doesn't take long to um, look at uh, commercials on TV to see the latest drug that's being offered. I mean, the pharmaceutical commercials are crazy nowadays. Every time you turn around, there's one. Or, or ones that, that are advertising um, health solutions, th th things that'll make you healthy. Uh, you know, you see lots of advertisements on how to uh, gain wealth, and that seems to be what um, our country values today is, is prosperity and wealth. And uh, people, you know, um, who um, aren't, aren't pursuing um, material wealth or, or, or health in this world, that the material things of this world, and yet um, are, you know, committed to the church, a lot of times they're called too religious. And sometimes I've even heard Christians say to other Christians, you're too religious, whatever that means. <laughs> Uh, going to church too much. But, you know, what's happened is a, a, a tepid kind of faith has resulted um, in, in this age of no real personal change and no positive change being made in the world. And, and, and we can see that. I mean, it, it's, it's obvious to us that there's no positive change happening in the world. In fact, if anything, uh, the world is, 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 is in a decrease, especially in our nation, with violent crime going up as it is and 
and uh, no one willing to pursue justice against these violent crimes. I mean, I, it used to be that, that robbery and smash and grab was, was a violent crime. Um, you know, it's, it might not be violence against a person, but it was certainly destructive of property. And it seems like uh, we're on this downward spiral um, right now. But I think a lot of it has to do with our focus on materialism uh, rather than on, on, on Christ. And I think that's what he means here by lukewarmness. Jesus um, is talking to a church in Laodicea. The, 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 this is part of the letters that John the Apostle wrote to the seven churches there in, in Turkey um, that he had a hand in, in planning. But, but, but John is, is, is the last of the apostles. He's the last one to live. He has been exiled to an island called Patmos by the Roman emperor. Uh, there to serve out whatever sentence he's, he's been handed. We don't know exactly um, um, how he ended up there, but, he, but he's there. And, you know, he's, he's writing to encourage the churches here, here in this, these latter days. You know, almost all of the other, um, as far as we know, all the other apostles are, are gone. And John, John's the only one left. And he's trying to encourage the church in a new age by writing them. Um, only the, these words are coming directly from Jesus himself. Je Jesus has inspired or, or, and, and told John to write these down and then to distribute these letters to, to the, these seven churches um, in, in southern Turkey to encourage them. And this church of, of Laodicea just happened to be one that was um, a, a rather prosperous city. A lot, lot, lots of rich people lived there. And, and there was a group of, of believers, a, a church that was there in Laodicea, of Christian believers who, who received probably the message of Paul. These were probably started by Paul, but John is in trying to encourage them um, there in Turkey. And, and, and John is trying to, trying to encourage them and, and let them know um, what they need to do according to Christ. And, and the Christ says, you know, he starts off by saying in verse 15, I know your works, you are neither cold nor hot. Now I wonder... What, the, what does Jesus mean by this? He says, I wish you were one or the other, either hot or cold, either cold or hot. And, um, you know, I was thinking about it. Some people will, will take this and say, okay, he, he, you know, he, he wishes they were cold spiritually or hot spiritually. I don't think that's what it means here. I think he's talking about usefulness. Because, you know, cold water has its uses, doesn't it? When you have cold water to drink, that's very refreshing. And, 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 and it can help a person, especially in an arid climate like here in the Middle East, cold, cold water was uh, something valuable to have. Hot water can also be valuable. It, it's, it's, it's valuable for, for cooking, and it's, it's valuable for taking nice hot baths or showers. Um, it's very good. In fact, um, it's believed... Um, that Laodicea, the reason it was such a resort for the rich people gathering there is because it had hot springs and, and because they didn't have any other source of, 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 of fresh water coming in, they would dip water into these cisterns um, out of the hot springs and let them sit and cool. Now, you know, the hot springs are, are good, you know, for, for people to get in and, 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 and health. Um, the cold water was good, but guess what? If you didn't leave this, the, the water in the cistern long enough to cool and you decide to take a drink of it, you're going to get a mouthful of lukewarm water. And we know what lukewarm water is like. Uh, there's nothing uh, worse, I, I don't think, than just warm water. 
I was told, you know, last time I had dental surgery, to swish with warm water and uh, put a little bit of uh, peroxide in it and, and just uh, swish away. And that, 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 to me, that's the nastiest tasting stuff ever. You know, just w warm water and swish it around in your mouth. And, and, and you know, anytime that um, that happens, um, it doesn't taste good. And so, you know, a lot of times people spit it out of their mouth. Well, that's what, that's what Jesus is saying here. Because you're, you're um, neither hot nor cold, you're, you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And, and the metaphor here, you know, it seems to be that he's talking about people who are materially rich, materially prosperous. Verse 17, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Now, a person who um, is, is uh, rich in that way, rich materially, who has the attitude that I have everything I need because of my wealth, is really in a bad place before God. Because if we don't realize, um, if, 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 if because of our wealth and our prosperity, we don't realize that we need God, then what's happened is we've become useless to God. Cold water is useful. Hot water is useful. Lukewarm water is not very useful. And because it's not very useful, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth, he says. And remember that he's not talking to everybody out here in the world. He's talking to the church. That This was written to a church in Laodicea. People who had become professing Christians and, and have believed in Jesus Christ and have accepted Him as their Savior and, and wanted to be part of this new Christian community that was being formed. He's telling them that you guys are, have become way too focused on your wealth and, and, and are thinking that you don't need anything more than that. That, that. that you're happy and satisfied in what you have in this material world. That you don't need anything more than that. And he's saying, Jesus is saying, as a person who has that kind of attitude is useless to God. And he says here, um, in, in, you know, in verse 17... He says, you think that you don't need anything, but really the problem, but if you look under the surface, which, which God can with His own eyes, because he, he sees all things, He says, you're actually wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Now, of course, He's talking about concerning spiritual things here, concerning the things of God concerning the Christianity that, that they proclaim to have. They have become useless to God because in, in their thoughts and minds that they're dependent on their material wealth rather than looking towards Him for what they need. And, and, and their real need is not the material things of this world. Their real need is the spiritual within. He says you are wretched. And I looked up the word, uh, the Greek word here used for wretched. It said, um, somebody who's caught up in trials and tribulations. They, they have a wretched life because um, uh, every, everything that they um, um, do, it, it, seems, it seems to um, cause trouble for them. They get up, they, they're caught up in their trials and tribulations, and, and they're allowing them to pull them down. 
And I don't think I've, I've ever seen um, anybody so miserable as, as a person who has gained fame and riches. I mean, it, it's sad here, here lately. Um, you hear stories, and within the last few years, so, you know, the, probably the most famous pop artist ever in, in, in the world was Michael Jackson and uh, passed away because of a fentanyl overdose. The same thing happened with uh, Prince, uh, who was at the top of the charts there for a while in the 1980s, and he died of a fentanyl overdose. Uh, Whitney Houston, an, another major pop star of the 1980s, um, died in a bathtub. I don't think the cause of death was ever really known for her, but it was prob probably involved drugs as well. It's, it, it's sad. It's, it's, it's not material wealth that, that can um, help us overcome our trials and tribulations. And so many people out there who, who believe, who, who are relying on their riches and, and on their prosperity and on material things think that, hey, everything's okay with me. And maybe on the surface it may look okay, but I, 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 with the way, way, way the suicide rates are going, I question that. But God is able to see the heart. A rich person can't, probably can be happy. I'm sure they could. But, 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 but without God, trials and tribulations tend to pull us down and pull us away so that we're wretched, pitiable. That, that they, they need something. <laughs> that pe people who are dependent on the material world and, and have turned away from God and, and, and aren't looking at Him for, for their daily help, uh, God, God says that they're pitiable. It, it, it's very close to what it's saying about miserable. They, they are poor, really. And you're wondering, well, what does that mean? It, it means that, that um, they have spiritual needs that, that they have, and yet they're not seeking out the source to, to help them do that. The, the, uh, the, the source to help people who are poor is not necessarily in the material world, uh, although, although, material, although material giving can help them. But he's talking about people who are poor in the things of God. And ultimately, what Jesus is saying here, that, you know, everything in, in this world that was ever made, time, space, history, creation, people, everything is moving towards this great end in God. God started this creation. And the reason it, it, it's continued on is because God has allowed it out of His love and grace for the, for the people that He created in His image. And He is sustaining the world even now. But one day He's going to return to reclaim His kingdom on earth. And, and, and only those who have remained faithful, only those who have realized their need for Him, are going to be able to enter into that, that kingdom to come. And, and those who have not sought the riches of God, their, their only end is, is, is to be eternally separated from Him. Because if we're not, like I said last time, if we're not progressing, we're regressing. But a person who is caught up in, in, in the material things of this world is useless to God. He tells them that they're blind. Blinded to, to the things that are spiritual. When the Bible talks about blindness, it's talking about um, not realizing the, the things of God, not being able to perceive the things of God. It's not so much, it's not about physically seeing, it's about perceiving in terms of understanding 
the, the deep things of God. They're, they're, they're blind to the things of God because they've been blinded by their wealth and their prosperity. And it says also that they're naked. And what he means by that is, anytime the Bible talks about nakedness, it means exposure. You can't hide sin from God. You can't hide your miserable life from God. You can't hide uh, pitiableness from God. And that's how God sees everyone who's caught up in, in, in these, these, these material things of the world. That, that they are poor, they're blind, and they're naked. That, that their sin is exposed before God. And what they need is, is, to, is, is to come to God again. And Jesus says, come and buy from me these things. Come and buy from me. Buy from me gold refined in the fire. It's talking about the pure things of God. The pure things of His kingdom. Those things that are refined by fire have been purified. The dross has been pulled out of them. Those are the things that, that are more valuable than this world. The teachings of God, His, His will, His way in the world, the way in which He lives and, and calls us to live. Those things that, that He saved us from are, 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 the, are the dross, those sins. And yet He brings us into a glorious new way of living where there is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. All of those wonderful things that, that the Spirit gives us. That, that's the goal that's been refined by the fire and it comes only from God. And that's the only important thing that you and I need in this world. He says, so that you may be rich. He says, buy white garments from me. White garments are always um, a symbol of, of God's pure righteousness. Of, of righteousness coming upon us, covering up our sin, strengthening us in, in our walk with God. Increasing our faithfulness, but, but especially covering up the shamefulness of our sin. God gives us, a white, gives us white robes of righteousness. True righteousness, so that we can live before Him. And then, of course, they have salve for their eyes so that they could see. He's talking about a salve, I guess, they made for eye injuries that they could put on. But here he means um, our, our perceptions, being able to, to see God's light, so to speak, being able to see God's truth, His revelation, increasing in the deep things of God. He's saying here that you're too focused on your material wealth to, to know these things. You're, you're, you're too focused on, on the material world not to focus on, on the things of God. And, and, and what you need to do is, is come and buy these things from me because only I have them. And he says, be zealous and repent. Be zealous and repent. The cure for overcoming lukewarmness. The cure for, for uh, being focused on, on, on the material world rather than on God is, is for us to become zealous about the things of God and repent of our sins. Now, people say that when we become zealous, you know, um, 
we're becoming too religious. Or, or we're being too goody-two-shoes. Or, or we're being prudish. But a person who truly and, and, and internally and, and faithfully and, and truthfully gives themselves over to God and, and, and does it with, with, with zeal will find that, that God can give them greater things than this world can ever give them. A closeness with God, the Holy Spirit within us, dwelling within us, communicating us the things of God, helping us to walk in the paths of God, helping us to love others as we should, helping us to love God more than more. We need to be zealous and repent. We need to focus on Him rather than allowing the things of the world to crowd in and, 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 and govern what we do and what we say and how we live. We need to let God take over who we are, what we say, and how we live. We need to let Him do that. We need, we need to be seeking Him and His righteousness. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Do not worry about the world and what it, what it goes after, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Be zealous and repent. Seek after God's righteousness. Go to Him and, and, and purchase these things that are of great value because they're free for us if we go to Him. But we have to do it in sincerity of heart. We have to be zealous about it. We have to come repenting of our sins and ask Him to forgive us. And I can tell you this. God was zealous for us. He's always been zealous for His creation. He's always been zealous for human beings. In, in the ancient Hebrew language, the word jealous and zealous are the same, same word. They, they both mean the same thing. They both can be translated either jealous or, or zealous. And God in the Old Testament says, Worship the Lord your God, for I am a jealous God. Not just that God is, is, is envious in, in, in this sinful way, but, but God's the only person that can be rightfully jealous because the world is His and He's created everything in it. But I, but I like the term zealous better, the term zeal better. God has a zeal for His people. He wants us to have a zeal for Him. He had a zeal for His people so much that He sent His own Son, Jesus Christ, in human flesh to dwell among us, to show us the way of righteousness, and then to suffer and die as a sacrifice for our sins, a perfect sacrifice, once for all time, so that we can receive the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God. And then He rose again to new life, just as, um, as, he's given, as, as He's been given a new life, He gives us a new life in Him and resurrects our soul from the dead. God was zealous enough, Jesus was zealous enough, to suffer and die for, the, for our sins because He knew it needed to be done. And we should be no less zealous for Him. You can call that being too religious if you want to. But selling out to God completely in our hearts and minds, seeking the things of God, seeking to um, fulfill the mission of God on earth, His will and way, that there is nothing religious about that. When people talk about religion, they're often talking about organized religion, going to church, going through the motions, you know. But, but 
you know, Christianity is not just a religion, it's a way of life. It's a way of living. It's the way in which that, that, that we're to live. And, 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 and if we're not living in, in a way that, that is useful to God, then he says, I will spew you out of my mouth. And that's a reference again to the judgment. We need to be zealous and repent. If we want to see revival, then we must come out of our lukewarmness. We must overcome lukewarmness. Overcoming lukewarmness means that we're making ourselves available and useful to God and, and, and stop pursuing the material things of the world that don't really matter a whole lot in the long run. So how can we overcome this lukewarmness? You know, I, I, be zealous and repent, of course, but what, is, but what does even that mean? I think it's, um, again, um, and, and, and we say this over and over again, and it sounds kind of cliched, but... We need to seek to know Christ more. That means looking at His Word and praying. That means studying God's Word. That, I, don't, I, I don't mean you have to uh, set yourselves away in a monastery somewhere. That's not what I'm talking about. Where, where you're reading God's Word and copying it all day long. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just beginning your day with God and ending your day with God. And, and, in, and in the in-between times, being in a constant conversation with God. Make that the goal of your life. What you might have to do is, is reduce your worldly pursuits. Um, so much of us are caught up in, in social media and in the Internet. A lot of kids are right now. And, and um, we're just now beginning to see the detrimental effects of being caught up in things like Facebook and Twitter and, and TikTok and all those things. Um, and In fact, uh, they're probably getting ready to ban TikTok because of its negative influence and because um, of all the data mining that goes to the Chinese government. Um, I, think that, I think that argument's a bit hypocritical. I guess uh, our government wants to data mine us, but they don't want other governments data mining us. But anyway, um, that, that's just a side note there, but... But still, social media has been so detrimental to our kids. Um, and, and I don't know if you know this, but, but there have been um, pedophiles preying on kids for a long time. And, and now it's become um, open fair to, to try to reach out to kids through these social media apps. It's also detrimental to their mental development. Um, but also, it's a time waster. It's a time waster. I do use things like Facebook and Twitter. Um, I've, I've reduced my time, especially on Twitter. I use it more like a news feed than I do anything else. Um, but we have, we have got to stop focusing on things in this world and, and reduce, our, reduce spending our time on them and begin using that time um, to focus on repentance and asking the Lord to search our hearts. And then, then serving Him as we should faithfully. Reduce our television watching time. We reduce maybe our, our involvement in sports if we want to overcome lukewarmness and have revival. Um, focus less on shopping. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I could go to a, a store and look all day long at, at uh, uh, electronics and video games. That's another thing. Reduce your time at video games. 
uh, look at uh, DVDs and movies and, and books. I, I, I can spend all day long in a media store. And, uh, and, and I could use my resources to, to buy those things. And everyone has, has their own thing. You know, I laugh sometimes at my niece. Her thing is shoes. I laugh at mom sometimes. Her things are pocketbooks. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we all should, all should reduce, you know, and, and think about the, those things. Are we pursuing the material world? And, and, and are we in, in, in a constant um, living in humbleness and faithfulness to God? We, we, we need to focus on what's important if you want to overcome lukewarmness. Keeping your mind pure. So much of what we take in in television and social media, the internet, um, is, is detrimental, it's sinful, it's wicked, sexual immorality. And I would even say to a certain, you know, I would even say violence, that those kinds of things are just, uh, that they're going to invade our mind and, and cause us um, harm. We, we need to become serious about following God and reduce our time on worldly things. I talked about, you know, you know, a couple Sundays ago, that there are, there are things that um, the Bible does not necessarily say that they're sinful in, in and of themselves, and we have to be careful about how we use those things, like, you know, I, I mentioned alcohol and, and, um, in particular, and, and how we need to be watchful and mindful of our brothers and sisters. But I can tell you that any kind of pursuit that we get caught up in over and above, God Himself can become an idol for us. And if we allow those things to pull us away from God, we're in trouble, whatever material or worldly pursuit it is. We, we need to make sure that we reduce those times and those things. I'm not saying they're sinful, we need to get rid of them. But when they become the things that we seek after, they, those material things become the goal of our life, we're placing ourselves in trouble, we become useless to God, and his mission and way in the world. And, you know, we're going to find ourselves regressing instead of progressing in him. Focus on the, the gospel. Focus on the good news of Jesus Christ. Repent of our sins if we, if, if we, have, been, if we have sinned and that's been revealed to us. And seek to not to go back into sin. And focus on the mission of the church which is to spread the kingdom of God throughout the world, to seek to bring others in, and to have fellowship and love together so that we, so that we, we can make real change in the world, personal change, and then change in our world around us. If we want to see a change, if we want to see a revival in, in our country, we have got to shed off lukewarmness. And the promise of Christ is this, to the one who conquers, in other words, the one who overcomes lukewarmness in their life. I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. To the one who overcomes, I'll give them the right to sit on the throne of the universe next to me. Our great and wonderful reward. We must overcome lukewarmness in our life. And then he also promises even before that, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. That's a promise for the present. 
if, if, if we seek out Christ honestly and, and, and faithfully and, and, and do it zealously, <laughs> then the promise is that even now He'll come and visit us and, 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 and fellowship with us. He does that through His Spirit. If you think that you're far from God, then what we need to do is be prepared and ready to cast off this lukewarmness, this focus on the material things of the world so that we can be used of God again to spread His message in the world. Let's stand.